You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Great to have you with us. And uh, as my wife has just said, if you're a guest with us this morning, this is our Vision Sunday. And so uh, at the beginning of the year, we, we look at what, I guess, a, uh, a particular emphasis we feel God's placed in our heart for this year and some innovations, some things that will be different in 2019, some things that we're introducing and some things that will be changing so uh, I'm so excited, I'm glad that you're here, and I hope this morning that uh, it's informative and inspirational. Uh, I want to start by giving you a verse that has been uh, percolating over in my spirit now for several months, probably, uh, and it's not a verse that would be unfamiliar to many people in the room, but it is a verse that I, I want us to focus on this morning, um, and then maybe over the next few weeks even more so. But it's Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, where Jesus, speaking to his followers, says this. He says, ask and it will be given. He says, seek and you will find. He's giving some absolutes here. He says, knock and the door will be open for whoever asks receives, and whoever seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open opened which of course indicates that the door is currently closed there are some closed some locked doors that need to be opened now whenever there's a locked door that's always a a sign it's always sending a message that there's something on the other side of the door that's of value something on the other side of the door that would be beneficial You don't lock a door. You don't secure a premises unless there's something on the inside of it that other people want, that's of value, that's a resource. And it's as if Jesus is saying to us that there is indeed resources, opportunities. A closed door speaks of a closed opportunity. An open door speaks of an open opportunity and how many of you in this room have ever been frustrated by a locked door most of all your own door <laughs> who's ever been shopping or you've been to work or whatever you've come home and you're looking for the keys and you want to and you're busting to get inside for whatever reason and you can't find your house keys anybody <laughs> isn't it frustrating I mean you just take everything on the inside of the house for granted don't you I mean, everything in the refrigerator, all of the conveniences and the luxuries, you just take for granted but until you can't access it because there's a wretched locked door. <laughs> and then a relief when you find the key or when you, uh, you uh, <clears throat> and I just cover your ears for a minute, Ross Ems, you break the screens so, uh, <laughs> so you can get in. <laughs> I know he doesn't mind that because then you've got to have him around to fix it. But that's, we've done that. But anyway, uh, there's nothing more um, frustrating than a locked door when you know what's on the inside is, is yours and you know that you can access it, but you can't get to it because of this door. Jesus is speaking to us about doors, doors that are closed, but more to the point doors that may well be doors that have the opportunity or the potential to be open. Because he says, knock and the door will be open to you. And so this is the little phrase that I want you to remember. 
Bended knees equals opportunities. Everybody, can we put it up there? Oh, there it is. Bended knees equals opportunities. All say it together with me. Bended knees equals opportunities. Let's say it again. Bended knees equals opportunities. Uh, I'm going to give you this morning um, two challenges about prayer. And then one challenge about an opportunity to look for. And then we're going to talk about some changes and some innovations within the way we do church over the course of this year. Um, firstly, let me talk to you for just a quick moment about your own personal, private, devotional prayer. Let me challenge you by asking you this question. Um, when you wake up in the morning, or when there is no pressing assignment, there's no pressing responsibility on your mind, where does your mind wander to? Where does your heart go when it's unfettered by the responsibility of the moment? I want to suggest to you this morning that the barefaced answer to that question is perhaps the clearest definition of the guiding factors of what God or who God is in my life. Um, if, you, uh, if your mind goes to worry, what are you worried about? You know, I'm more worried about not having enough money or I'm worried about this. or Whatever you start to worry about is the thing that has the largest influence in your life. Where your heart goes when it's unfettered by the responsibility of the moment. Where your mind effortlessly, effortlessly wanders uh, throughout the process of your day. Maybe it's a dream and you've got this dream house or this dream holiday or this expectation in the future where the worries of the day will be evaporated and not be there and you're, you're dreaming about that and the, the possibility of that and, and the, uh, uh, the expectation of that fills your heart and, and that, that can become an idol. There's nothing wrong with any of these things, but I'm just trying to encourage you this morning to develop a process whereby your mind wanders to God because God is that significant in your experience, in your life. Uh, many people's minds wander to their pleasant pastime, uh, their activity, and they think about how they could get more involved and do it better and, and create more proficiency or whatever it might happen to be. But, but I just wonder how much of your mind is occupied with the presence of God in the day-to-day -day moments of your life. I want to suggest to you that sometimes uh, we are our own worst enemies here. Sometimes we put ourselves in exile from God. Sometimes we think, well, I've really let God down. God would not be happy with me today. You know, boy, oh boy, God's given me the cold shoulder. Because if I was God, I'd be giving me the cold shoulder. <laughs> uh, but how many know God's not like your parents or your spouse or your siblings or your work colleagues or whatever? Uh, God never gives you the cold shoulder. Um, in the garden, Jesus prayed a prayer and Jesus was given the cold shoulder. In the garden, Jesus prayed a prayer, although he deserved to have his prayer answered, his prayer was rejected and his rejection was the assurance of yours and my reception. You see, don't ever exile yourself from God based on your performance. 
Because once you start doing that, you start thinking, well, God must be happy with me. And you start to think it's all based on what you can do or can't do. That's religion. That's not Christianity. That's not what God is about. What God is about is his rejection of his own son became the assurance of the reception of many sons. That's you. Don't put yourself in exile from God because somehow you think you don't measure up. Somehow you think, well, I lost it on the way to church this morning with the kids and uh, whatever, whatever, and I don't really feel I should raise my hands in worship, not this week because I'm not worthy. Get your worthiness associated with what Christ has completed and not how you have performed and go into God's presence no matter when or where. God's arms are always open wide. The vision is that there would be a natural inclination of your heart into the presence of God. You see, it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter how difficult or how exciting your day is. You'll find peace, beauty, and comfort always in the presence of God. Of God, and, and, and as we do, as we come into his presence and as we talk to him, as we, we might talk to a friend or to a confidant or to somebody who's close to us, always have an expectation. One of the things that strikes me as I study this, the Psalms and as I look at the life of David, David prayed an awful lot to God and recorded it. We call it the book of Psalms. And, and all the way through, there is an expectation that God will answer David's prayer. Uh, David is constantly saying, Lord, you'll answer my prayer. God, answer. He expects God to answer. He's just not wafting thoughts up into the ceiling. He, he has this understanding that he's speaking to the creator of the universe, and he's actually expecting the creator of the universe to respond to him. And God is a responsive God. He wants to respond to you. Have that expectation in your heart. No matter what your experience, no matter what your behavior, God will respond to you with grace. And God will respond to you with his love and his mercy. God will always give us, God would always give us what we prayed if we knew what he knew. If you knew what God knew, then everything you prayed for, you'd get like that. God won't give us things that would become idols or things that would take us away from his will. But I am convinced that there are doors in my life that have on the other side of it opportunities. That door might be a person I meet. It might be a person in here this morning that if you meet, that person is like a doorway into opportunities. And they're there and you're praying for opportunities and, and you walk straight past them. <laughs> I just wonder how many uh, unlocked doors, even ajar, I've walked past in my life because I wasn't expecting. I was praying, I was asking, but I wasn't expecting there to be that open door. I, I was just offloading my angst. I was just worrying to God. But I wasn't praying in faith, expecting that there to be an open door of opportunity. Jesus said, if you knock, he's talking about prayer. He's talking about coming into his presence and asking. He said, if you knock doors, locked doors, which speak of closed opportunity, will be open to you, which means there will be open opportunities for you. You know, one thing that strikes me is really interesting is when the children of Israel went from Egypt to the promised land, it's a historical fact, 
Uh, they were in captivity and servitude to the Pharaoh in Egypt. And then God, through a bunch of signs and wonders, they uh, were released from Egypt. And they took 40 years to travel from Egypt to the promised land. Did you know that if you were a half-proficient athlete, you could walk that distance in two or three days? Two or three days, they took 40 years to get there. And, and here's my point with that. I reckon, this is just speaking personally here, I reckon God's had to take me around the mulberry bush a couple of times because I've missed the door. I reckon God's taken me the door and I've missed it. And so he's had to take me around the mulberry bush again and brought me back to the door. Do you see it yet? No, around again. And oh, I see it. Oh, and I go through this door of opportunity uh, because my eyes were not expectant eyes. I, I was praying maybe... But I wasn't expecting opportunities to come my way. Knock and the door will be open to you actually means bended knees equals opportunities. There are opportunities for us in 2019. I don't want you to miss them. And as you pray, God will bring doors before you. They might be ajar. They might be wide open. Don't miss them. Have that expectation and be ready and prepared to walk through them. Develop your own personal prayer, your own personal walk, your own personal relationship with God, whereby God becomes your go-to man. You don't have to ring that person, and there's nothing wrong with ringing that person. You don't have to you know, unload the dispute. You have that intimate relationship with God where he becomes your number one go-to person, where your mind wanders when it's not fettered by the responsibility of the day. That's the goal. That's what we're looking for, that, that deep, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and pray for others. Um, it's called intercessionary prayer but but, but in our prayer and talking to God don't forget to pray for people Paul prayed for people a lot in fact he says this he says this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and in depth of insight he's saying in your prayer you'll understand things and you'll observe things you'll see doors that you didn't see before and he's praying over this over others so that you may be able to discern what is best what is, uh, may, uh, and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. I'm going to give you five really quick reasons why you should be praying uh, for others. Number one, prayer, praying for others, brings the power of prayer to bear upon their life. Prayer is a change agent. As you pray for people, expect that there will be some change that happens uh, in their understanding, in their walk with God. It changes your perspective towards them. Uh, you start to see them as a gift of God and not as necessarily somebody that uh, is causing you problems. But God has a plan and a purpose and you start to believe for them to, to meet all God's um, expectations and all God's opportunities for them. It makes you more like Jesus. Jesus spent a lot of time praying for other people. Uh, it keeps your relationships clear. It's very hard to hold animus towards somebody who you're praying for, who you're honestly talking to God about. It, it helps keeping those lines of, of relationship clear and it helps us put our heart at rest because ultimately it's not your problem. They're not your problem. They're God's problem. We might love them. We might care for them, but we don't love them or care for them anywhere near as much as God. So we can pray to God for them and we can leave them with God. In praying for others and believing for opportunity, here is the opportunity, here is the challenge, here is the bite. Right? This is what I'm asking you to go away with and think about 
over the course of the next three or four weeks and maybe, just maybe, give this a go. In praying for others, believe that you're going to have an opportunity to talk to somebody who's suffering a crisis, who's in a difficult time. I want to encourage you, challenge them to pray about it. And if they say, oh, I don't believe that God stuff, so that's okay. You don't have to believe in God. What have you got to lose? Wake up tomorrow morning, go home tonight, and pray. Ask God about your issue. Let's just say he is there. Let's just say he answers. You don't have to tell anybody. I want you to tell me if it works out. But I want, to, I want you just to give it a go. Find somebody who's going through a rough time and encourage them to pray about it. Because I believe that prayer is such a key. I believe prayer is the key in your relationship. I believe prayer is the key to our community. I believe prayer is the key to changing the nation of Australia. And to be honest with you, obviously when believers pray, we can pray with faith and understanding. But how many know that God can answer the prayer of someone who doesn't even believe in him? Do you believe that? Well, why don't you encourage someone to give it a go? Why don't you encourage someone? So why don't you pray about that? You don't have to do it in front of me. You don't have to tell anybody. Just give it a go. And I believe that God will show himself strong to four or five or six or seven people who in a group this large, some of you here this morning will take up that challenge. And some of you this morning over the course of the next two or three weeks will come across somebody in your workplace, in your family, in your street or wherever who's struggling. And you say to them, listen, I'm going to pray about this. But why don't you pray about it? And let's just see what God can do. Oh, I'm not really a God person. I don't really you know, go to the God thing. That's okay. Just have a go. Cost nothing. What have you got? Look for that opportunity. And let's believe that the God of heaven streamed down his grace and mercy onto the homes of this city full of people who have incredible needs that only he can meet in Jesus' name. I, uh, I, I want to just make, make um, a few uh, observations this morning of people in our church's business Sunday who have really inspired us over the last 12 months or so. And I haven't um, primed anybody here, but I'm just going to throw out some thoughts and some names. And I want us just to acknowledge a few people here this morning who've done some incredible uh, inspirational stuff in the life of our church. I'm going to start off with my good mate over the back here, David Fowler, who comes down here uh, very early in the morning without any fanfare, without any request. No one tells him what to do. No one asks him to do anything. But he turns up like the will of the wisp and he gardens. And our gardens look fantastic. As a matter of fact... We have had doctors who lease premises from us inquire about who does our gardens so they can get them to garden at their homes. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, it's this guy over here. And nobody asked him. <laughs> he just does it. And he's a blessing. He's a blessing to us and he's a blessing to our community. I want to just acknowledge you this morning, David Fowler. I want to acknowledge another man who, um, who uh, got the phone call from the doctor that I guess you know, everybody sort of hears. <laughs> uh, he was told within 12 months or, or so ago that 
he was diagnosed with, with cancer in the throat. And I'm talking about David Evans. And uh, David probably doesn't really understand, uh, and none of us do, the inspiration that we give to others. But just watching David um, come up against this challenge, David, I watched you come up against this challenge. And what I saw was a man who had little concern necessarily for the outcome of his prayer as much as he had confidence in the capacity and the nature of his God. And he went through that crisis, he went through that valley of the shadow of death. And I'm not saying there wasn't a time when, you know, obviously the, the, the human emotions was there, but all the way through there, what I saw from David was this resilient faith. What I saw from David was this positive can-do attitude. Okay, this is a situation, we'll embrace the situation, we're not taking a backward step, we're not going to let this illness get the better of us, we're just moving forward with our faith and trust and confidence firmly rooted and planted in Jesus Christ despite the circumstances. And that's the stuff that changes lives. Thank you, David Evans. And uh, we have with us this morning, and I didn't know that he was going to be here. I didn't expect him to come. <laughs> because when you get to a certain stage of life, um, movement's not as easy as it once was, and getting around's a bit of a chore, Graham. And I understand that, but I appreciate you coming this morning. And I know that you know, many of you have had to um, you know, endure uh, uh, <laughs> getting here for wherever you got here. For, for some, it was harder than others. If you're a mother and, you know, with small children, and it's quite you know, a challenge to get everybody here on a Sunday morning. But, but for this guy to get here this morning, um, it was a, it, he, he climbed a mountain. But that's not unusual because he's used to climbing mountains. Um, he's been climbing mountains for decades. <clears throat> and uh, he's also been leading a, a life group in this church for, for almost two decades and uh, just keeps turning up week after week after week after week after week. You know, now he's, he's, he's on in age. We recognize that and, and the body's, you know, been struggling as happens with age. Um, <clears throat> but I just wanted to just let you know, uh, Graham Ball, that you are an inspiration to us and your very presence here this morning means an awful lot to a lot of people. Let's honor and thank Graham Ball this morning. Eh? <clears throat> Alrighty, um, some innovations for, for this year. One of the things that we're going to do, which we've never done before, and I know it's been, been sent out there <clears throat> because we have to prepare because it's Tuesday night at Collingwood Park and following Tuesday night here in Ipswich, <clears throat> is our salt classes per se, we're, we're doing away with. They will be no more. <laughs> and uh, we're going to replace them with a team dinner night. <clears throat> now this will um, revitalise the Nexus <laughs> because we're going to be having a team dinner nights in the Nexus here at Ipswich. And uh, the whole idea is, the whole idea is this. Whenever Jesus had something important to say with his immediate disciples, he had a meal. There's something powerful about this. Something powerful about people coming together and breaking bread or sharing food. And uh, so I've been thinking about how we do this. And so what, what we're going to be doing is coming together Sharing a meal, and so how do we cater? Well, every, the, the way we're going to cater is we all cater. 
And uh, if you have a signature dish that you want to cook and bring along, hey, God bless you. We'll, we'll enjoy it with you and rejoice over it with you. Uh, if you don't have a signature dish and you want to bring a Vegemite sandwich, that's, good. that's great too. If you want to buy a chicken from Big Rooster on the way or from whatever, we don't care. It's not really about the food, right? Whilst food is not without its importance. Uh, um, it's really about the, 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 what it, ca- it, it creates, the environment that it creates. And um, so we want to come together. We want to share a meal together as, um, as a, a leadership group, if you will, within the life of the church. And this is for everybody in the church who has a defined role. And if you don't have a defined role, but you want to come, come and we'll give you a defined role. Okay, so it's not going to exclude anybody. It's, it, it's for those who have a defined role within the church. You, you have something that you do or a responsibility or, you know, there is somebody you report to. There's something that you have to, you know, um, you have to uh, fulfill. <clears throat> we, we, we've got things that we want to talk about as a culture and as a leadership group together. But <clears throat> we want to share that around a, a, a table. And so uh, in the Nexus Tuesday week, we're going to be having our first one. We'll have a few of them throughout the course of the year. And uh, I encourage you, please... Uh, be there, be part of it, you've, you're, you're, you've got a, um, a, uh, a calendar there thing you can go on your fridge um, and, uh, and uh, you, you, um, make sure you download the app and the information will be there on the app. But um, uh, please understand it's not about the food so you know, don't, think, don't feel any pressure. Uh, but just do something and come and contribute it and people will enjoy it and share it and we'll sit together, we'll share some thoughts, we'll pray and then uh, we'll go home. So our team dinner night, the first one will be uh, Tuesday here at Ipswich um, on the 19th of February. That's Tuesday week. We would look forward to your involvement in that. Um, I guess by way of uh, announcement, this is not necessarily all that important, I guess, but it's important that you know, I suppose. Um, I'm assuming the chairmanship uh, this week of Collective Church in Brisbane. Now, the Collective Church was pioneered three years ago with by uh, my son-in-law, my daughter, and uh, Melissa, of course, grew up in this house, and you know we got behind them, and, and we just feel that the best thing to take that to the next level would be to uh, to um, relationally align with us, and so we're going to do that. James will be coming to our staff meetings here of a Tuesday. Um, our guys will be preaching down there. It's not Centro Church, Brisbane. Uh, it's collective church. They're two separate legal entities, so it doesn't mean anything from a legal point of view um, at the moment. Uh, it's just, it does for me because I'm the chairman of the board, but just from a relational point of view, I mentioned that so you can pray, just understand that, you know, Tim and Brett and myself will be preaching down there from time to time, and that's just uh, what will happen. Um, uh, can I really uh, encourage you, if you're not part of a small group, a connect group, we're going to call them connect groups, people connected, communities transformed. Uh, I, this week, I went over to visit um, David Cook. David Cook, as you know, many of you would know, some of you wouldn't, he's very, very sick. Um, we went over, friends and I went over and prayed for him on Friday. And as we, uh, we arrived, there was people already there <laughs> from his uh, connect group. And I found out, you know, meals had been bored and... and and they felt so loved and were talking to, um, to David and his wife on the way out. And, and they said, this has been such a great testimony to our family as they've seen how the church gathers around those in need. And because the family are over the place here and there a bit. And some of them, you know, haven't been walking with God as much as some of the others have. And, and they said, this has been a great testimony to them of how the church works. But I'm smart enough to know this. I'm smart enough to know that that's not the church as much as that's them. 
because uh, that's what people do. That's how people respond when you feel someone's invested in you. You see, it, it takes effort on your part to build that relationship. So when the wheels fall off the cart, there's a whole bunch of people there to respond. And just not relying on, you know, on a pastor who might be away on holidays and doesn't even know about it. That, that there is, because you know, later on that same day, I'm talking to someone else and they said, oh, we went through a crisis and there was no one there for me. And, you know, I mean, I didn't want to say anything, but the truth is you get out of what you put into it. <laughs> if you don't build any connections, then nobody knows. And it's so important to build connections. And so I really want to encourage you, if you're not a part of a, a small group, you're not part of a connect group, see uh, the lady at the um, information desk after and we will do what we can to try to give you some options. You can get onto our app, download our app, Get onto our website and uh, we'll talk to you about that. That would be really, 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 really important. If you're not sure how to make that connection, write it on that card that Francine spoke about earlier or tell somebody at the desk and we will get onto that ASAP. This is a top priority for us. This is where people really find care when they need it. <laughs> you know, it's easy when things are going well, folks, but when the wheels fall off, if you haven't built those connections, then that relationships aren't there. Then people whinge and complain. I go, yeah, okay, I appreciate that. But, you know, you get out of it what you put into it. And, and the cooks singing your praises to me on Friday was every bit, and I didn't say this to them, but it was every bit, of my, as, 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 every bit the same as about them. They built those relationships, and what we did was natural. When someone who's built a connection with you is in trouble, you can't help but respond. It actually says more about them than it says about us, although well done, just the same. So there you go. Um, another thing that we're going to be doing this year we've never done before, um, and we've already started it, is we're going to be having a, a Friday night youth gathering at our Collingwood Park location. Uh, now this is ramping up the Collingwood Park thing. It's, it's been going now for a number of years, and youth, of their, youth from down there have been coming down here and you know, trying to incorporate it so we've decided to do two different youth gatherings of a Friday night and Collingwood Park is going to be led by um, John, Johnny uh, uh, Evans and Dina Formanez and I'm going to ask them to come up in a moment we're going to pray for them as well as the Ipswich team which is going to be Justin uh, uh, Horsey and Naomi McKenzie so they're going to be leading the youth in Ipswich while the other couple will be leading the youth at Collingwood Park. They've already started, and they've started really, really well. So I'm going to ask them to come up in just a moment. We're going to pray for them. The children's structure will be changing um, for certainly the first half of this year. No doubt many of you in the room would be aware that Adam um, had a, uh, a heart attack and he's had a triple bypass operation. And uh, that's brought me to the point where we need to readjust our children's structure. Uh, we make sure that Adam has plenty of time to recover. That's a major, major um, medical situation. And so we're going to break it into three different groups. And, and Collingwood Park is going to be led by Beck Lawther. Ipswich is going to be led at night by Caitlin Hills. And in the morning uh, by Josie, um, Adam's daughter. And uh, I'm going to ask... Uh, Josie and those four other young people if you'd like to make your way up here that would be great and we're going to pray for them this morning and uh, that would be good is Caitlin here? no okay um, and then we're going to um, pray over uh, 
the, the interns for 2019, and I'm going to get the interns for 2018 to pray for them. Many of them are already here. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I want us all to stand together. I want to pray for these young people. And uh, if Adam, you could make your way up, that'd be great. If Brett, could you could make your way up. If Francine, if you could make your way up too, that would be great. And uh, let's just believe God as these young people step out in this new area and depth of responsibility that the anointing and blessing of God and they see many wide open doors of opportunity that we're praying for them, that God's going to open doors of opportunity. They're praying and we see their lives and ministries blossom and blessed as they move forward. Let's reach out and pray for these five young people this morning in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for each life that's represented here, Lord, in these uh, five young people. We thank you, Lord, for uh, Lord what you've built within them. Father, we thank you, Lord, for uh, the gifts and the callings and the talents that you uh, wound into their uh, existence, Lord, even whilst they were in their mother's wombs. And Father God, today, Lord, we call that out. We call out those gifts and we call out that anointing and we call out, Lord, that fruitfulness over their life in Jesus' name. Lord, as they put their, their, their best foot forward, Lord, in youth ministry and in children's ministry, Father God, Lord, I pray for many open doors of opportunity, Lord. I pray for many lives to be changed. Lord, I, I, I pray for many people to be comforted and filled with the Holy Spirit and born again because of what these people uh, do. What I ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I'm going to ask the rest of my interns from this year to come up and join those who are already here. <laughs> and uh, and uh, good on you, Tash. And uh, Ezekiel's not with us. He's at Collingwood Park. They, not everyone can be here. Because there are people who are at Collingwood Park ministering there, which is really, really great to see. But uh, we've just seen all of um, them just increase in their capacity and, and, and r- r- rise up in God so wonderfully that we just got a little uh, plaque, a little memento for them. And so Francine will just hand those out and uh, we will just acknowledge them all with acclamation as they receive this award in Jesus' name. Yeah, and while she's busy kissing them all, uh, uh, it's a wonderful thing to get a kiss from Francine. If you haven't had one, you can line up later. <laughs> of course, I've received many. Uh, although, you know, one thing that just struck me is just just weird. Like we went fishing, right? We're in the same boat, right? We hired a little putt putt boat and did a little bit of a fish, and she caught six fish one after the other. I didn't get one. Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that? Yeah. I'm putting bait on the same, on the same bait on the different hooks because she doesn't bait hooks, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and, uh, and and she just throws in, she gets another fish. Like, anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, fishing anointing. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I was going to say the Lord would be punishing me, but if I just said that, that would send out a bad message because that's not true. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to ask our interns for 2019, would you come up and maybe you guys just come forward a little bit and they can stand behind you because I'm going to get you to pray for them. If you're interning with us for 2019, I want you to come up and I'm going to get the 2018 interns to uh, just lay hands on you and pray for you this morning and we're going to believe God opens great opportunities over their life, that God raises them up, we see some incredible things happen uh, over the course of this, yeah give them a round of applause as they come up. All right, so you guys, lay hands on them. And uh, Francine's going to lead us in prayer, and we're going to pray over these guys uh, and set them apart in Jesus' name this morning. Thanks, Francine. 
We thank you, God, for our, um, our young people in this mm. church, Lord. We thank you, God, for a healthy church. And, Father, we just commit our interns for 2019 to you. Father, we do pray for insight, Lord Jesus. We pray, God, for their uniqueness, God, um, to, to come forth, Lord Jesus, and sow seeds, Father, uh, in whatever they do, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, that ministries will be um, developed and um, and and notice father and god that you will just bring them into everything lord god that you have them to be lord i thank you also for 2018 interns i thank you god for the way people the young people have risen up father and stepped into various roles lord as a result lord of um lord that connection father and i just thank you for them i thank you god for their their heart to serve and their faithfulness lord jesus i pray blessing over our interns now in jesus name amen amen Amen. I want to give them all a great hand as they take a seat. You may have a seat as well. Thanks, guys. Charity, you can't be with us because she's crooked this morning, but Charity's part of that group as well. We're looking forward to that. Uh, one last thing I want to challenge you to do, and then we're going to sing and, and move on in our service, but basically uh, uh, what I want to say is done. Um, next week, uh, we're going to take up a, 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 an offering appeal at the end of the service, a second one. If you want to make a donation to the flood crisis in Townsville, um, I've been communicating with them n- numbers of times whilst, uh, you know, these last couple of weeks. And uh, our very good friend, James McPherson, um, his house almost went under. Uh, thank God it didn't. But his church is, they're, they're cooking 200 meals a night um, to feed people. And uh, I said to him, man, look, we'll help you. You know, because uh, they're struggling to stay afloat themselves, but they're using, they've got a caterer's kitchen, you know, it's a, it's a big church, they've got a lot of facilities. And so they're using their facilities to help reach their community, help minister into their community. But of course, their resources are running low because 140 families in his church have been um, flooded by, uh, by this current uh, event. Um, also, there are other churches there um, that uh, one, one another one of the, our churches up there has been filled with sewage. As the sewage is back right up and it's filled the whole church. So every part of the church has had this, this, this uh, layer of sewage through it. And uh, I just think, you know, um, we ought to help them. Uh, I know when we were in trouble in, in Ipswich in 2011, they helped us. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's tit for tat, you know, it's not that, but but we, we need to help others who are going through tough times. So we're going to take up an offering next week for that. So just be aware of that. Uh, you want to give to that particular cause. We'll take up that offering. Uh, we're doing it a uh, number of churches around the nation. We'll put that together and we'll put it directly into the hands of the people who are helping on the ground. That, 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 that'd be great. Uh, can I encourage you once again, you've got that uh, calendar there. Download our app. Uh, it's, uh, you can get it on Android and on um, uh, and on Apple, and it's the best way to, to keep in contact with us. T- tonight, can I really encourage you to come tonight? Tonight's going to be a great anointing service. So tonight, we're going to anoint everybody who comes. Uh, I've got a great message on the anointing. I want to share for, for 20 minutes or so, and then we're going to just get um, oil, and we're going to anoint everybody you know, for, the, for their mission and for their ministry for 2019. So I, I encourage you to come tonight. It's always great whenever we get together and we just pray and believe God. So as we uh, gather tonight at 5.30, we're going to worship for a while. I'm going to speak for 20 minutes or so. Then we're just going to pray and anoint everybody with oil. So I'd love you to come and be part of that. One last final challenge. Um, one thing that Francine and I did um, a few months ago now, you've been 
thinking about doing it for years but just never got around to it. And I bet many of you are thinking about doing this for years but you've never got around to it. And that's giving blood. Um, Jesus gave his blood to save us. Uh, maybe we should give our blood to help save the lives of others. Um, the, the Red Cross uh, blood banks uh, on North Ipswich, just across the, the way there. And uh, we've registered Centro Church as a combined giver. And uh, I just thought, what a great thing. So now we're leading the way. We've already done it twice. And, uh, and they send us again. Then we'll be back there another eight weeks giving it again. And uh, look, I know that not everyone can do this for medical reasons. I understand that. But I just thought, you know, uh, some of us just don't get around to doing it. You think about it. You go, oh, I should do that one day. Uh, and then you never do it. And uh, so I thought, you know, something, let's, let's register the church. Let's mention it. Let's push it out there. And I know Karen's been and, and, and others have been. Uh, we, the interns went. Um, you know, one of them fainted, I think. But anyway, uh, <laughs> hard enough. And, uh, and, but, you know, like we said, come on, let's, 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 it's just a great way of, of blessing people and helping people. And uh, as I said, for us as Christians, Jesus gave his blood for us. So anyway, look. You know, uh, if you want to, if you want to be in part of us and in, in that in that endeavour, go over to the Red Cross, mention Centro Church, you know, fill out the form, give your blood, and uh, just another way that we give to our community because we are about bettering, making Ipswich a better place because we're here. <laughs> that this town is a more compassionate, more giving, more lively, more loving place because we are. has to be the case has to be the case remember bended knees equals opportunities bended knees equals opportunities let's move into this year with a real focus on God and a heart that wants to communicate with him in ever increasing measure thank you for listening to this podcast 